Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is nobody running solo on this podcast episode. Well, except for uh, one special guest whom we'll get to right away. That being Mr. Gareth Von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed. And uh, in addition to that, I'll talk a little bit of WandaVision. No super spoilers for uh, today's episode, the Friday episode of uh, WandaVision. But we'll discuss a little bit about all of that. Thank you, everyone, for listening to us. You can get a hold of us if you want to. Uh, contact us by uh, hitting us up on social media. Go to Facebook.com slash BJGeekNation. Uh, search for BJ Shea's Geek Nation anywhere. It's really simple to find. Or if you go to BJGeekNation.com, all of our links will be right there. Now, let's, uh, before we get to the old WandaVision there, let's uh, talk with Gareth Von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net. And we've had a little bit of time off, but uh, that doesn't mean that the news has not continued to roll in. And we're just going to cover some small things now. But you want to get a whole bunch of stuff, uh, hit up uh, Skewed and Reviewed because you'll get all of the all the up-to-date information of what's going down. Uh, let's start off with, uh, this is kind of interesting. I've been playing uh, a lot of VR recently because I got a Vive at home. But uh, PlayStation looks like uh, the, what's going on with the PSVR 2 now? Well, it's really interesting. There were a lot of rumors about it uh, before the PlayStation 5 even came out. And the speculation was that, okay, they've because of the world situation, they can't get the production of the PS5 to, yet to meet demand, and that's not uncommon for new consoles to begin with, even totally, under yeah. the best of times. And so there was some thought, well, you know, you're not going to see the new console, the new headset in 2021. It's probably a 2022 thing. They're going to have the new system out for about a year and then go from there. And the other day, Sony came out and said, yes, we do indeed have a new uh, PlayStation VR setup coming. It is for the PlayStation 5. Uh, it will not be out in 2021, but they came out now and made the announcement. And they even went so far as to say things like there were some rumors that it might be wireless. And then there were all these questions about, well, how would that work with latency and lag? Right. They've said it will connect with a single cord. And they've oh. talked about some of the controllers that it will use, like currently you use the Move controllers. They've said that the newer controllers will have a similar function to how the dual sense works because people forget they also have emotion sensing ability built into them. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, people were like, well, what was the idea behind this? And they, you know, came out and said, hey, we've got another Sony state of play coming. And the belief was they talked about some of their games like Days Gone coming to PC. They talked about this PSVR. And a lot of people think it's essentially while the PS5 is taking off, it is Sony again saying we are committed to the VR platform, not just now, but going forward. Yes, you can run your PSVR on a PS5 with the camera adapter they provide for you, no problem. But we're committed to the long term, better tracking, better graphics, a upgraded unit that will make your VR experience even better. That's that's super excited, uh, exciting, at least, uh, I mean, 
to be perfectly honest, like one of the things that uh, moving forward is I feel that VR is going to be, I mean, uh, people joke about stuff like Ready Player One and the Oasis, but I really feel that that is something that people need to look into because I know larger companies, stuff like Facebook, Facebook is digging really deep into the VR stuff. And the fact that PlayStation is going to continue as well means, yeah, there's going to be practical applications like meetings and stuff like that, but you still want to break it down and have fun with the games too. Oh, exactly. And I think in addition to there have been quite a few good VR games for it. I think this will be an opportunity for them to say, with the power of the PS5, we can go head to head with anything on the PC. I would be very curious to see if they're able to say, we're going to put Half-Life Alex out. We've got yeah. not just, you know, exclusives coming. Anything that comes out to the PC, if we can work a licensing deal out, we're going to have it on the PS5 and you are not going to be seeing a diminished gameplay experience. And it, it seems kind of interesting on that end, just thinking of it on the PC basis, because uh, you've got the big companies, you got the you got the Vive, you've got the Oculus, you've got all these different things working via PC. And PlayStation is like, yeah, we're absolutely going to work on our console stuff, but we haven't seen anything necessarily from the Microsoft um, aspects of gaming. I mean, obviously, they don't really make a whole lot of their own games now, but the fact that they've got Bethesda, do you think that maybe that they might look into something along those lines, or are they just going to leave it to, uh, like, PlayStation and the, 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 the PC console or the PC uh, developers doing the hardware that is, themselves? That is such a hard question, because you remember they had that Halo thing they were working on, or the optical... And that never really took off. And I think it's kind of a case of right now they're looking at it going, there are still many that think it's still a niche product, but at the same time, Sony sold exceptionally well with theirs. And the fact that they're going on for a new one shows you they think there's a viability to it. And, you know, again, I think it comes down to a demand. It's going to come down to a fact where somebody is going to have to make a killer game, which we've had in Half-Life yeah. Alex and others, but an absolute game changer. Right now, we're getting a lot of, hey, play Star Wars Squadron in VR or play it regularly. Yeah, Play Hitman 3 regular or in VR. You, you're going to need something, and I think this is for at least Microsoft, there's going to have to be something that there is absolutely no way you can play it without VR, and it's going to be, oh man, I am missing out if I don't get it. And then they're going to have to figure out a way to look into it. But I, I worry at this point that they may, unless they announce something in the next year or so, they may be too far down the line to even be considered for this. Yeah, I'm consider I'm just thinking of the fact that I've played both Fallout and uh, Skyrim. I'm currently playing Skyrim in VR. So it's like, yeah, maybe the fact that they bought Bethesda, they can work something along those lines. But also, like... I I, I don't want to trust Bethesda with the the way they create their games to create a non buggy uh, uh, VR experience from the get go. So maybe maybe we'll just uh, take that a little slowly and just see what PlayStation does for now. So I shouldn't tell you there's a rumor that's unconfirmed that Starfield might actually make it out this year. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, you know what? As long as there's player patches, it'll probably be good. <laughs> moving on from that let's talk conventions because we had di we did speculate about blizzcon tons of information dropped some amazing information so definitely go and check out student reviewed for all the drop on blizzcon but looking at other conventions going forward we got wondercon and e3 coming up do we have any news on that and what's going to be happening yeah both are going digital pretty much yeah. as expected uh wondercon May, uh, excuse me, March 26th through 27th, Anaheim Convention Center. Well, 
that's now becoming a mass inoculation site. So you've got there and part oh, yeah. of Disneyland across the street. Although, as I joked to someone, I said that'd be the ideal time. Hey, come come <laughs> to the pond, get a shot. So <laughs> can you just you can know? you just roll that in with the price of the uh, convention exactly. ticket? Exactly. <laughs> uh, but you know, it was expected, and I think the difference is this year you're going to see a bit of a better show. Last year it came on them very unexpectedly. Yeah, they didn't have much uh, they they tried to do something but it was basically a, a small handful of panels uh, a couple of hey um send in your cosplay photo slash video and maybe we'll have a trivia thing i think there were only like three to five things it was pretty uh simple this time out they you know they they put a press release they were very candid about it they said look we're only going to do two days because we're a nonprofit. not having the show last year not having comic-con Obviously, this affects our finances, so we're doing two days. But since they've had a lead-in, there's expectation that there'll be some kind of studio presence, uh, similar to the way they did with San Diego Comic-Con. Now, obviously, WonderCon does not have the number of things that Comic-Con does, but they still have had a growing number of TV shows, some films, and things like that. Uh, So you're expecting that. I I, I don't like to guess but i i have heard from a let's just say a very large studio that does very numerous <laughs> animated superhero films many of which have been leaning to the r rating late um may or may not have something <laughs> tied in now of course it may not be part of it it may just come out roughly around the same time but you get the idea yeah and I mean, you'll have to figure out what happens at that point in time, and then uh, maybe get to see some of the fun things uh, develop as they're developing. Exactly. <laughs> now, E3 is going to be the real big mystery. Oh. Uh, so, <laughs> last year E3 set out. They canceled, and they basically took no part mm-hmm. of what was going on, which created, oh, you had a person who was heavily associated with them had walked away beforehand saying he didn't like the direction they were going. There was speculation that they were moving toward more of a festival type thing. And, and, you know, people are like, well, what are you expecting? And I said, probably kind of like a Comic-Con PAX thing. Maybe there'll be some live music, some specialized entertainment around the traditional booths and stuff. Um, so long story short, people went off and did their own thing. And truthfully, my opinion was I found most of them not to be that compelling. I saw a lot of people doing shtick, trying to get trending on social media. I saw, you know, multiple days over multiple weeks of these things. Most of them were just indie games that I was not really that excited about. And after so many days of sitting there just watching hour after hour of stuff that just really wasn't doing anything for me. I kind of tuned out and it was only when Microsoft, Sony, EA, some of the big boys started doing their own things later that were in quick 30, 40 minute things. I got interested. So now here we are back and E3 is, uh, they haven't officially announced it, but all the word is that they are trying to do a, Uh, multiple day online thing they want to do the showcases like we had in the past Mm -hmm. they want to do um, interviews that sort of thing the big problem that i understand and of course no one's saying anything this is just my speculation people have already kind of scattered and done their own thing ea went off and did their own thing sony does their own thing sony and activision weren't really at e3 2019 well they weren't Uh, ea was off doing their own thing 
Bethesda, who has their own showcase, is now part of Microsoft. And so, from what I understand, the effort right now is to kind of circle the wagons, get everyone back on board saying, look, this is what we're doing this year. This is why we're better together. And this is what we're planning on doing next year and going forward. You know, we, we get it. There were some things that needed to be changed. Let's let's all work this out and let's all go back together because it's it's a better thing for us to do it all over three days than everyone trying to spread out their own thing. And of course, that's where the debate comes in because yeah. people, you know, people might say, well, maybe now I'm not ready to have to, dip, you know, should put my cards on the table every June like we used to. It, um, you know, we can do our own thing. We can control the narrative. We can control the um, cost better by doing it this way. And of course, you know, the danger of that is when they do resume live conventions, there's that, oh, you know what, they'll take us back regardless uh, when we decide that's not a problem. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, you're at this really delicate dance of if you're one of the big three console makers, if one of your competition commits to it, do you say, okay, I'm obligated to jump in? Or do you basically say, we don't need you. We could still go off and do our own thing and set, you know, and I think that's the problem. There's got to be some dialogue, some healing, and at least some direction forward. Um, you know, from my standpoint, I'd much rather have it all for me in three days than have to keep scheduling days mm -hmm. to be online and hoping it's going to be this. I mean, that will not replace for me still running around the LA convention center <laughs> and doing it, Yeah, right. but it is what it is. And it also, it's very reminiscent to me just in the terms of like uh, when streaming started, it was Netflix streaming. And then slowly some of the bigger companies started to kind of, you know, start doing their own thing. And now we have, so many different platforms, some successful, some have not been successful, some still just trying to throw all of their stuff out there. So it's very reminiscent of what's happening in the convention scene. And I feel that things changing in that sort of aspect on the big news releases, um, it seems to benefit the companies a lot more in that sort of term. Uh, obviously... Oh, Obviously, we don't get the people having the chance to experience it in person, but um, having it's almost like a constant news instead of just that those you know three days and then a couple of weeks after. Exactly, and you know, and it's funny because we debate all the time. People tell me who's going to come back and do the first live show, who is going to try this, and you know, there are some people that say, well, it's going to be a red state, you know, somewhere like Florida where there are a lot more lax on things, or it's going to be somewhere like this. And I kind of joke with people. I said, I always equate it to the Las Vegas situation with pro sports in that, every, you know, it was kind of well known. Everybody wanted to go in Vegas, but nobody wanted the stigma of being the first one to go. And it was only, you know, eventually the NHL said, OK, fine, that's it. We're in. And the moment they went in, the NFL quickly followed. And you hear reports of you know, the NBA yeah, and baseball's yeah. considering it. And I think that's what's going to happen. You have a lot of cons, you know, right now we're seeing things like, I've had people say, well, what about San Diego Comic-Con? And, oh, it can't work because it's a, it this. And I've said, well, you know, maybe, maybe they're considering a hybrid. Maybe they're going to say, we will take a small segment, not our usual, and have them at the place in person. And instead of doing the... Uh, presentations in a hall, we can put stages outside 
like around Petco yeah. Field or something like that. Do that and then stream the rest. You know, you might see somebody try something like that. Then you have others saying we're going to do this. You know, like PAX is still saying they're they're planning to go ahead. I do think whoever rolls it out, it's going to be reduced attendance. I don't see oh, anyone yeah, rolling absolutely. the dice and saying, let's put 60,000 <laughs> people in here. I could see someone say, let's do 20, 30,000 people under these guidelines. There you have it. And that's just the problem because right now, everybody is in that same situation they were when all of this started last year. You have to plan for this. But at the same time, you're kind of saying, yeah, I don't know. And you're seeing some people just say, you know, we're pulling the plug right now. This is not going to happen. And then you've had others uh, who are scheduled for like June, July, August, or excuse me, August, saying, yeah, we're good. And it's really a, a lot of the times it was even like last year, we're like, hey, how can these people even be, you know, contemplating this when it turns out, well, there's so many other factors, including, you know, hotels, uh, contracts, uh, all sorts of different things. So, like, we don't know the entire story. We just know that they're at this point hoping to be able to do these things. And just like everything last year, it's all dynamic and hopefully we'll get to online stuff. And like you even said, the hybrid stuff, if people want to go out and do stuff, hopefully they can do that. And uh, it'll just be figuring it out. Will 2021 be the year? Probably not, I don't think. But I know a lot of people are getting gearing up and getting ready for 2022. So, I mean, you just got to kind of be patient with all things, especially like this. Like like entertainment stuff is kind of like, the 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 kind of the the lower bottom end of all of this stuff so uh, as long as we're moving forward in every aspect we'll eventually get there when it comes down to all oh this. exactly and look look at disney people last year when they said uh I, I mean i know the part of it's done through outside things but when they came out and said hey you know what star wars celebration and the d23 expo we're not going to bother with 2021 we're going to move to 2022 so many people said, oh, you know what? Why not next year? We'll be fine next year. We'll be fine next year. Well, they're looking like geniuses now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, before we finally get out of here, I do need to talk a little bit of hardware because, uh, Gareth, uh, I broke another keyboard. Um, I don't want to say it's because of nerd rage, but we know me. So uh, I need a solid uh, computer keyboard and uh, one that uh, you feel is going to be good for uh, gaming and, uh, you know, literally just working from home, too. Okay, so uh, <laughs> hopefully this one will get you drooling here. This one's pretty awesome. EVGA, the guys are known mainly for the graphic cards, and they are fantastic with the graphic cards. Totally. Well, they've been playing around with, they have like a sound card. They've been uh, playing around with keyboards and mice uh, recently. They rolled out a new product, and this one is called the Z20. And uh, now I'm going to tell you offhand what the price range is, and so... Once you get over the sticker shock, then you'll hear why it's so much. It's about $174 for this keyboard. All right. And so everyone's like, oh, my goodness. So <laughs> um, to give you just some of the few things, obviously, it has the macros. Obviously, it, you can set your color scheme on it. It's got the little mouse roll bar on it. You can plug in your uh, USB. You can plug in your standard you know, headphones in directly into the keyboard, nice. that sort of thing. Well. It has got a microprocessor in it, which allows you to do uh, a 4K uh, hertz uh, reaction time on it. So basically, it's fast. The keys are like the WASD uh, keys mm -hmm. are textured. 
uh, apart from the regular ones. So, you know, when you're not even looking at the keyboard and your hands are moving around, you can feel the texture on the keys that you're using. And uh, so, you know, exactly where you are without having to take your eyes off the screen. And those are just a few of the little uh, things. So essentially, you've got an extremely solid keyboard. You can do all your customizations, all your setups. It's incredibly fast and responsive. It's got the textured keys. It's got the lighting setup, and we're st and of course you can plug your peripherals into the keyboard as well. So this will give you an idea of a few things. So if you're trying to play nice. some of the new things that are coming out, and you need, uh, as you know, uh, you want to tell us all what you raged on that caused this problem. Um. Well, not really. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll just say I'm playing a lot of old games that need a lot of uh, modding, and so uh, all right. kind of dealing with so, that yes. sort of stuff. <laughs> so yes, uh, you know, like I said, anybody who's played Call of Duty or anything like that will say, "Well, what difference does a fraction of a second make? It makes oh, a big difference, so especially much. when you decide to go toe to toe and shoot it out with somebody and to see who drops first. Yeah, <laughs> and, or if yeah, or maybe if you're playing old, you know, you know, Counter Strike or something, and you can't always blame the ping, but you still want to mm -hmm. always blame the ping. Oh, it's blame, <laughs> blaming the ping is the easiest uh, out in the world. It really is. Gareth, thank you so much, man. Again, Gareth von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed. You can find more information at SKNR.net. Tons of stuff out there for all your geeky needs. Thank you, Gareth. Anytime. Take care. Now, last week was a pretty big episode of WandaVision. And as of last week and as of right now, there is uh, there's only one episode left. So now there's two episodes that I have to get to. So uh, we're still being a little bit of a week off on all of that. So you don't have to worry about whether or not I'll spoil it for you right now. But, I mean, if you're on any sort of social media whatsoever um, and you haven't seen WandaVision, you should probably do that right now. Like, pause the podcast, go watch WandaVision vision and then come back just because i don't think i will spoil anything for y'all but uh well you know i'm gonna have a couple of hot takes when it comes down to this i feel and i think some people are gonna be kind of pissed a bit, uh, at me about all of this uh this actually happened uh earlier uh uh, uh yesterday when i was talking on our main show uh bj and migs about how i was feeling about this season of wandavision and i'm Overall, I am enjoying enjoying this episode, this season, and I'm kind of loving where it's going, but I don't know if something like this is going to be holding up because uh, maybe, maybe, just maybe, I'm getting a little bit of what you would call the Marvel movie fatigue, and because here's the deal. While I am really, really enjoying what is going on with WandaVision, it is also kind of the it seems to me that they're falling into the same tropes that uh, early earlier Marvel did. And I mean, obviously, I haven't seen this last episode and I haven't seen the la uh, the final episode for this season. So I can't really do a whole lot of things. But watching all of the fan theories and all of like how just crazy everyone's trying to figure out every single itty bitty tiny detail and I know there's a lot of details and Easter eggs in these shows and in the movies that make you want to like go into this deep dive and figure everything out. But I'm kind of realizing at this point in time that first off, WandaVision is a kind of a it's a prequel to phase four. Uh, if you don't know, WandaVision happens, and I mean, we've talked about this, it happens a couple of weeks after the events of Avengers Endgame. Everyone gets blipped back. Congratulations. Hooray! 
And then we are now moving into, you know, the full phase four, which Spider-Man Far From Home happens, what, I think something like eight months after the blip. So this is kind of that disparity that you're seeing in terms of, like, time and what's working for uh, Marvel, for the MCU at that time, as opposed to what's happening now, where they're just kind of dealing with uh, the repercussions of just after the blip and all of that. What does that mean? That means to me that we're not going to be necessarily getting, I don't think we're going to be getting like the big, 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 big bad reveal in this. And I think people are going to be kind of disappointed. All things considered, who knows? They might be able to be doing all of this, but I like this season has felt like a bunch of red herrings kind of strung together to tease us and make the viewers go along the same lines as like Darcy and Jimmy and uh, everybody else that, oh, they're figuring it out as we're going along and they're showing all these things and there's all these different theories and all this stuff and everyone's trying to look so deep, deep, deep into all of this and it's just going to be Agatha all along, which, A, was a great reveal but was already basically spoiled by the internet pretty quickly into that and if you were surprised by that, and if you actually knew who Agatha Harkness was before all of this was going on, congratulations, you're an uber nerd who managed to uh, avoid everything. Like, good, kudos to you on that. But it also kind of realized, it made me realize that Marvel has always had a villain problem up until Eric Killmonger and probably Thanos at that point, where, and even Loki, like, those are the three, like, good villains, and... A lot of the times with a lot of the origin movies, you would have the polar opposite, uh, but same kind of powers villain that they would have to fight off against. Uh, you would see it with uh, all the way down to Iron Man when you had the Ironmonger, uh, Yellow Jacket later on with Ant-Man, you know, so on and so forth as they're going along. You would get their opposite and they would have to fight and they defeated them and then they move on. That's great. And that's what I felt with Agatha, like the reveal. The fact that we only have a couple more episodes left and uh, like it just feels that Agatha is going to be Wanda's big bad polar opposite, which is going back into the failings of the earlier movies. That being said, who knows? Who knows what's going to be happening with all of it? I'm... Still excited to see what's going to be happening. I just feel that people are kind of like building up like it's going to be Mephesto or it's going to be this and this or it's going to be such and such. And all of the fan theories are so, so crazy. And what made me come to that conclusion? <laughs> Actually, when it came down to Agatha's theme song, catchy. It's a bopper. I really do enjoy it. Um, but when it was like Agatha all along, you're like, oh, okay, well, they're trying to do all these different things with her, but it was just her doing her magic. And so it kind of melted everything down to everything being a visual tease for the viewers and then having Wanda just kind of dealing with all of that, like Pietro just being Agatha was it just getting Evan Evan Peters to, you know, take on that role just to mess with us? And it doesn't really matter to Wanda at that point in time. Uh, like every single red herring. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know how it's going to be going on. I don't know exactly if there's going to be showing off a huge big bad other than like a teeny tiny reveal, which brings back to my to another point that 
we're following these shows, but we're following these shows for the end credit sting or the last three seconds of the show. A lot of people, I don't feel that are really necessarily paying attention or caring about the shows itself. They just want that little nugget at the very end to push them forward into another, you know, they're like to another fan theory. So everyone's trying to do like a Sherlock Holmes who done it on every single property because that's what they've uh, experienced and what that that's what they're used to with the Marvel Cinematic Universe and uh, with all the television shows. So at this point in time I just don't necessarily I don't I'm tempering my expectations when it comes down to it. Will something like this happen? Who knows. You know what? I would happily be proven wrong. Um, but I don't know how it's going to go, so we'll have to see where it goes from here. Uh, one thing I did notice, because um, despite the success of WandaVision on Disney+, Plus, Marvel boss Kevin Feige did say that uh, some series will get a second or third season uh, for other television shows, and others will hand off to a feature film, and that's kind of the case for WandaVision Season 2. Feige has no plans yet, really, for a Season 2 of WandaVision, but they say that after that... It will go straight to the upcoming MCU feature sequel, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which we all kind of knew all about that. But this is not necessarily going to mean that they even have plans for a WandaVision season two. And maybe this might be in a completely encapsulating story with all of that. So we'll have to see if there's even uh, an idea that they want to do a season two. Because, I mean, looking at what they're doing with the show, that it's set up in Wanda's own little reality, it's kind of, I feel it's going to be kind of hard for them to uh, make a season two. But also, Feige himself did say, I've been at Marvel too long to say a definite no to anything as far as a second season of WandaVision. Uh, Lizzie Olsen will go from WandaVision straight to the Doctor Strange films. And uh, other than that, uh, Feige said that Marvel is mapping out their Disney Plus series like they've mapped out their MCU. So the fun of the MCU is obviously all the crossovers we can do in the series between films. So it'll vary based on the story. Sometimes it'll go to that season two. Sometimes it'll go to a feature and then back to the series. And sometimes, and yet to be announced, we're thinking and planning second seasons for some upcoming series. So they're doing a lot of stuff, including Miss Marvel will be coming off, uh, which will hand off to a Captain Marvel 2 movie. And then also we've got Falcon and Winter Soldier coming out, Loki coming out as well, which will have the uh, Time Variance Authority. There's a lot of stuff. They've planned it out. I mean, they planned out the first, you know, what, 22 movies into something fantastic and that course that went over, what, what, 10 years? Something ridiculous like that. So they've got plans. We'll have to see how that goes. And, I mean, if it works out, it works out, and I hope to be proven wrong when it comes down to all of it. Uh, but, again, we'll see where that goes. And uh, let us know how you feel about it. Send me an uh, email, bjgeeknation at gmail.com, or also, obviously, send us messages via the old Twitter or the old Facebook and all those things. And until next time, guys, stay nerdy. Stay nerdy.